0: In verse one, judge not that ye be not judged. King James Version says that ye, you, ye, same thing. You know, uh, ye could also be yo, <laughs> uh, all types of ways to say you. The bottom line is he's talking about us. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye, okay? And then he ends with, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Lord, we just ask that you anoint your word, that it's powerful, that it's convicting, that it's challenging, that it's helpful, that it's teaching, that it builds us, that it makes us more like you. Lord, we ask this morning and all that we have done, that we are doing and that we will do, that you will be glorified and that your people will be edified. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so three quick points I want to make. Number one, I want to talk about this because I think it's one of the most misunderstood passages maybe in the Bible, certainly in the New Testament, because people are always talking about, you can't judge me. Stop judging me. Right? You hear it all the time. So let me define some terms in this real quick. I want to define um, four terms. Number one, what the word judge means here. Judge means to admonish, to discern, to discern to evaluate and weigh evidence. So when you say you're judging me or you're judging a person, you're admonishing them. You're discerning what's going on. You're evaluating or weighing the evidence. Here's another word that's mentioned in this uh, passage, and it's the word speck. And the Greek word for speck is karphos, K-A-R-P-H-O-S. And it's not, by the way, speck is not a tiny piece of dust or soot. But it's actually interpreted in the Koine Greek, that's the everyday language that they spoke. A a speck here means a splinter, or a little piece of bark, or a twig, just a small thing. But more than dust, or specks, like we've been hearing. There's another word that I want to define, and that's the word log. In the Greek, the word log here is translated plank, or it's translated beam. So it's big. I like to say it's a two by four. <laughs> and then finally, a word that you guys may have not noticed here, that's an amazing word, and that is the word notice. You probably didn't notice the word notice. It doesn't matter what translation you're reading it from. If you look at verse, if you look at verse five, it says. Actually, actually, I want to go back. If you look at verse 3, because it's mentioned here originally. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the law? So the word notice means, it, it, or at least it conveys the idea here, or of seriously considering or meditating or thinking about or contemplating what's going on in, in your eye, in your life. So that's what notice means. It means to seriously consider, take note. Observe, meditate on it, okay? So now that we got the definitions out of the way, let me just cover two other points and I'll be done. And here's point number one. Some of the misconceptions about this verse, about judge not. Let me say, number one, it does not mean that you can't judge another person. He says, judge not lest you be judged. So what he's saying is, you can judge, as long as you are okay with other people judging you. Because we all make judgments, come on, right? We all make judgments, whether we are, whether we are, uh, if you can be honest with yourself or not, we all make judgments, we all have biases, we all have opinions. A judgment is another fancy word for opinion. You know, if you were in a court of law, they would call it adjudicate. Judges adjudicate the law. They decide if the person, the defendant, typically, if they're guilty or innocent, right? They leave it to the jury to do the sentencing, but, but the judge determines, well, and depending on the type of case it is, the jury might determine guilt or innocence. But if it's a, 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 a situation like it's a civil matter maybe, where there's a magistrate or a judge, he or she may determine or adjudicate if the person is innocent or guilty. So we all judge. Jesus is not saying you can't judge. He's saying that when you judge, remember, you're going to be judged the same way. I'm going to talk about that in a second because we actually kind of need to judge one another. But we need to do it in the right way. And Jesus talks about that here in these verses. So another thing I noticed that people get really wrong about this is that they say, well, you can't judge me because you have a log or you have stuff in, in your life, so you, how can you judge or criticize the stuff in my life? Well, he says that it's a, he, he uses the word, how can you take the speck, the King James Version, how can you take the speck out of another person's eye when you have a log in, in your own eye? Well, I told you that the word speck is translated in the Greek splinter or twig. So that's a pretty significant something in your eye. And let me tell you something. When you have even dust in your eye, even a little smoke in your eye, the littlest thing in your eye, sometimes you can't even see it, you can just feel it. And it's just so irritating and irritable and it's painful and it's distracting and it's a horrible feeling and you want to wash your eye out or wipe it out or whatever, that's still irritating. It's still a problem. So what the Lord is saying is that even a splinter, even a speck, even a twig, even a minor thing in your eye is irritating and agitating. It needs to be removed. So he's saying just because a problem is small doesn't mean it's not a problem. Just because a sin is tiny As a speck, doesn't mean that it's not a problem in terms of your walk with the Lord and your ability to function. It's still a source of irritation. It's a source of aggravation. And so he says it needs to be removed. What he's saying is is that those of us that want to try to remove it, we need to be careful about how we go about removing it. That is, make sure we remove all of the stuff out of our eyes. Out of our life, make sure that we've gotten ourselves right with the Lord before we start trying to help and criticize others. Amen. And I think what he's saying here, it, which which will really struck me because I don't know that I recall seeing this before, and that's this word first. He says, You hypocrite. Now I'm talking about right now in verse in verse five of, of Matthew chapter seven. He said, You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. So that kind of jumped out with me. Uh, don't worry, no boxes, no bags, no demonstrations today. But I do want to have a fireside chat with you. The word jumped out with me first because it suggested not a matter of priority. It, it, to me, the word first means it's not a matter of a necessity that the spec be taken out. It's a matter of priority. So what he's saying is, is that, yes, it's okay to deal with the speck, the splinter, the irritant in your brother's eye. But first, see, he's setting a sequence. He's setting a priority. First, deal with your life. It's me. It's me. It's me, oh, Lord, standing there. Let me deal with will before I start going after Brother Cole okay before i start going after rod i always pick on the guys because you know the guys they can handle it they you know they know they know i'm being harmlessly innocent in my attacks before before rod comes after me rod needs to first take the law or first and that's the that's the operative word there first first the word f-i-r-s-t sets the order it sets the sequence it sets the priority first deal with will first deal with me and then try to help someone else amen the word unfortunately the word judge in our society has taken a very negative connotation because whenever you think about judge people always think about the person thinking that they're so good and they're so self-righteous they're looking down on me they're being condescending i don't think that's what the word judge here is Apply uh, uh, is uh is trying to say i think the lord is saying that let's get our house in order and then let's look after our brother and sister let's not let them go off the cliff and we can help let's not let them deal with this irritant in their eye when we can help get it out you know i, I don't know my mother she used to we would get something in my eye sometimes she would blow in it you ever had someone do that She'd blow in it. You know, and after I got the saliva out and everything, I was able to see better. But no, just kidding. (laughs) No, but but she would, she would, she would, she would blow in it sometimes. And that would work. You know, but but here's the thing. For for mom to be able to blow in my eye, saliva or not, it was great. Because, boy, relief was a relief. When you got something in your eye that's just gritty and and is is it's just Irritating itself up, up against the eyeball, has just agitating. You can't, you can't flush it out. You can't blink it out. You just, you're just in agony. You want somebody to help you. I don't care what they do, right? Pretty much. And so, my mother sometimes would just blow it out. And I'm going to tell you something that just felt so good. But in order for her to be able to do that, she needed to be able to see the speck. She needed to be able to see it or see my eye at least, to know where to go, right, where to blow. I think the Lord is just saying the same way a mother would, would blow a speck out of their child's eye, you should have that same tender, loving care, that same spirit of humility, that willingness to help, that willingness to want to relieve someone. See, we ju- this verse has gotten the wrong context. It's, it's gotten the wrong connotation. Matthew 7, 1, people use it to say, you can't judge me. Leave me alone. You can't help me. But, but see, the problem is, is that it's because the word judge has taken such a negative connotation on society that what we're really saying to people is that you're, con- you're condemning me and you don't have any right to condemn me but the word judge here is actually more of helping me and i want you to help me you see if i look at it from the standpoint that i'm not condemning you i'm not putting you down i'm not saying that i'm better than you but i'm helping you relieve yourself of this irritant in your eye but first i have to go to the lord and help him and have him help me remove this mega irritant in my eye because my problem is bigger than yours and even if it isn't i can't help you until i have the lord help me and this is and you know this this whole context this whole little passage it's only 5 verses but man oh man you could write volumes and volumes on it because judging is something that all of us are guilty of Whether it's good judging, where we're genuinely trying to help somebody not go down the wrong path, or whether it's arrogant looking down your nose judging, where you're better than me because I messed up. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying your attitude has as much to do with this thing as your actions. Yes, we need to help our brother and sister, but we need to do it in a spirit of love and compassion and gentleness, and transparency. In other words, hey, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. And I think dealing with ourselves first, and I put in my notes, I'm on my last point, I put in my notes, Psalms 139, 23, because I quote it all the time, search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me, and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. first, first. Before I help Rod, before I help Brother Cole, before I help Justin, before I help Rick, Lord, first check me out. Make sure I'm clean and I'm pure. My heart is right. And that I'm not bringing this to Reg's attention to make me look good and Reg look bad. You see? Because some people love to do that. Some Some people love to take advantage of another person's downtime or or when they're struggling spiritually or they're having a rough patch. And people want to, you know, want to capitalize on that. Shame on people that do that. Right? Taking advantage of someone's failure, that's when we should be the more helpful. Right? That's when we should be more supportive. Not that we're condoning their sin, but we don't want to kick a person while they're down when we can really help them get up. And I think that's what the Lord is saying. Don't judge your brother more harshly than you want to be judged. In other words, judge them or care for them or help them get up because you've already gone to the Lord or should have that that get help for yourself to get up. Now once the Lord has cleared me and helped me, I've been there, done that, now I can help Brother Cole. Now I can help Justin. Because I've been down, and the Lord has brought me out of the muck and the mire. He's brought me out of the sludge and the sin, and he's brought me out of this struggle. Now I can use my experience to help you, to help Rod, to help Sister Annie. Amen? That just keeps me so grounded. That keeps me so humble. Because I'm not coming to Reg. With a spirit of superiority, or I'm better than you, or I'm bigger than you, or I'm stronger than you. I'm coming to red with, man, I know how you feel. Man, I've been there. I know what that's like. And But for the grace of God, I'd still be there. But the Lord lifted me up, and he gave me victory over this thing. So I'm here to support you, and help you, and love you, and encourage you, and pray with you. You see the difference in attitude. Not the negativity that comes along with the word judging, where you're just taking a shot at somebody while they're down. May it never be named among us, right? So I put in here 1 Corinthians 10, 12 as a close. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Interpret that, Pastor Will. It means that let any of us that think we're all that... Get a reality check, lest we be the one with a log in our eye and a speck in the other one. Which is really painful when both eyes got something in it. (laughs) And I think the Lord is just saying, you need to chill. You need to be careful about thinking that you're so good because um, humility and meekness is what Jesus was about. And he had the right to be, you know, bragging. He had the right to, you know, feel like he's all of that, but he didn't do that. Amen. So that's it. I'm done. That's that's Matthew seven one through five, and I would just uh, add a Monday morning moment, which I didn't put in my notes, but I, but I do remember it. And the Monday morning moment is that we are our brother's keeper, but we must be kept first. We are our brother's keeper. That is, we should help, quote unquote, judge in a positive sense our brother. But we need to be kept first. We need to be judged first. Y'all with me? Just long as you're judged first, just long as you're coming, long as I come to Rod with the right attitude, with the right spirit, with the right with the right humility where I'm not judging him in a condemning way, but I'm coming to him to help. It's almost like the word judge doesn't apply here, or one of the other definitions of judge applies better, which is to discern. I discern that there's an issue with my brother. I can feel it in my spirit. I can see it with my eyes. And so I go and help my brother. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And and, you know, one more thing as I'm sitting down. One of the thing that the Lord has, has sort of spoken to my spirit about this whole passage is that it's not about judging motives. He says you can't judge a person's motives. You can't judge the intentions of their heart because that's God's job. You can't tell me what I'm thinking. You can't tell me what I feel, right? We don't have the right to judge somebody's motives and then try to get in their head and get in their heart, that's above our pay grade. That's God's business. I'm not trying to judge anybody's motives. Our only, the only thing that we have access to is what we can see with our eyes and hear with our ears. Yes, I can judge what I see, I can judge what I hear, and even I do that in compassion and humility. But I certainly can't judge your motives and your intentions and your thoughts. That's not, God never gives us the right to do that. And I think we should operate with the attitude of giving everybody the benefit of the doubt until proven wrong multiple times. <laughs> right? Give everybody the benefit of No, they didn't mean to do that. Yeah, they did. Well, then I forgive them anyway. They do it again. Yeah, but I don't think they really meant to do that. Yeah, they did. You forgive them again. And you keep on forgiving them because we don't want to ever be in a position where God can't forgive us. So he says, if your brother fall." in Luke he says, if your brother sins against you seven times in one day, you forgive him all seven times. The, The question that Peter asked, what if, should we forgive him seven times? Period. And the Lord said, no, seven times 70. And he wasn't meaning 490, he meant indefinitely. Whether it's in one day or within one lifetime, you keep forgiving. You keep accepting your brother back, you keep reconciling. You keep finding a way to be at peace. And as much as with this in you, live peaceably among all men, brothers especially, but even those outside of the faith. That's, that's a beautiful thing. It's a tough lesson. It's a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow. I'm not going to stand here and say that this is something easy. This is hard. The whole Sermon on the Mount is hard. This thing is difficult. The Lord was just cutting to the heart. Nobody could just stand there and say, I got this. I mean, I'm feeling all of this. No. You're like, dude, will, he, will you stop? Like They were saying, like, Lord, enough. I can't handle anymore. <laughs> I, I remember at one point in time uh, the, when the Lord was talking about you know, how difficult it is to be saved. And uh, I think one of the disciples said, well, Lord, then who can be saved? I mean, who can, who, which one of us can be saved? I think over in John 6, who can be saved? We can't meet that uh, criteria. Uh, I think also it was when the uh, Lord was talking to the rich young ruler in Luke 16. It's either Luke 16 or Luke 18. And they said, well, then who, if this cat can't be saved, and he's kept the Ten Commandments since he was a kid, who can be saved? We have no chance. Well, guess what? In our own flesh, in our own strength, we don't have a chance. And that's what the whole point of it was, to show the Lord, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this without me. You've got to have me. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to let the Lord live through you and work through you and do his good pleasure in you, as it says in Philippians 2.12. You've got to let him do it. Because if you do it, it'll reek of self-righteousness, and our righteousness before the Lord is as filthy rags, and he dismisses it. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Tim, all right.